Welcome back to the Bookport Podcast with Allie and Rach. I'm Allie. And I'm Rach. And Rach and I just had a little stare down of who was going to start this. And I did it. <laughs> she did it. I was the one. Good for you. <laughs> we kicked it off. Welcome back, everyone. We are, this is the last, oh no, yesterday would have been Halloween yeah. when this comes out. Mm-hmm. Yesterday's Halloween. First day of um, November. First day of November. I feel like it's still spooky season, you know? I take it with me. Yesterday was Halloween. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we had a great time. I'm sure we had a great time. We're recording this in the past. In the future. Wait. We're... No. I don't understand. No, I was just acting like we were talking about <laughs> okay. yesterday. We're recording this in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are sure our future selves had a great Halloween. We hope you did as well, however you celebrate it. And yeah, but we're going to continue on the cozy fall, spooky vibes Mm -hmm. a little bit more we still have a few more books it's not going to be out until we weren't some of the selected few that got Mm -hmm. um advanced reader copies of legends and lattes Mm -hmm. but if you have already read that and you Mm -hmm. are dying to talk about it with someone yeah or listen to us talk about it. Yeah. That's the point of this book club in podcast format yeah. is you don't actually have to talk to people. You don't have to interact. Mm-hmm. You can stay you at have, home. Yeah. In, in your car. And be in your car. Talk back to us if you'd like, but <laughs> we're mm-hmm. not listening. <laughs> but we have, we're going to do that. I feel like that's our next really cozy. Yeah. I'm sure it's not spooky. I haven't read it yet, but it seems yeah. to fit the fall vibe. Delightful, delightful mm-hmm. fall vibes. Mm-hmm. But this week's book, we are doing The Wolf and the Woodsman by Ava Reed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a perfect November yes, jumpstart. Solid November jumpstart. Mm-hmm. The cover, I know we talked a lot about the covers this season, but the colors of the cloak, I want that in a wallpaper. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing I thought about this book <laughs> was I want that cloak in a wallpaper to use in my house. That's so pretty. Okay. And yeah, really excited about this one, standalone fantasy, which is harder to come by. And I mean, I don't know much about Jewish folklore or Hungarian folklore, Mm -hmm. but in my research for tonight's episode, Mm -hmm. that's when I learned that that's what this was kind of a mix of. Yeah. Um, And the author was really intentional on preserving some of that. It was important to her when she was writing it. And as someone who grew up in a Christian family, and I just I didn't know anything about that. I didn't even know enough to when I was reading it to identify. Yeah, same. Any Jewish folklore, mm-hmm. so still don't. Yeah, but so interesting. So interesting. Speaking of it being Hungarian Jewish folklore, mm-hmm. the cocktail tonight. I tried to find the Hungarian liquor. I cannot pronounce Pol- Polinka. I had to ask Palinka. What did they correct you when you pronounced it? No, she just shook her head. So okay. I, I don't even know if she knew what I was talking about. So I tried to find this liquor called. It's spelled P A L I N K. The the first A has like an accent over it. It is a very popular fruit brandy in Hungary, and I was very determined to make a tea cocktail with this fruit brandy which I then could not find, tried to order it. The shipping was outrageous to get it shipped here. <laughs> it was more for the shipping than it was the bottle. I think in Tennessee we have a sin tax, yeah, too, where it have, makes alcohol yeah. pretty expensive. So I could not get my hands on it, but I did the cocktail. I still wanted something 
I always go on this journey with the cocktails. So I... You are so thoughtful. <laughs> I think of like a... You do too. I think of like a vibe of what yeah. I want to taste. Mm-hmm. But then you do... You go above and beyond. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You're going to make I thought this one did not. So ideally you would make... I think it's so good. I, I think it's good. It doesn't... I wanted this brandy so bad. Mm-hmm. I just wanted the brandy. So in an ideal world, you would take your favorite earthy herbally woodsy tea and you would put some lemon juice some honey and spike it with this fruit brandy to make up for the fact that i did not get this fruit brandy this cocktail does not have a name maybe we should just call it the woodsman great the wolf the woods the gaspar the gaspar we'll we'll come up with a name before we post the tiktok (laughs) it is vodka hearing cherry liqueur don't know if i'm pronouncing that right either Mm -hmm. h-e-e-r-i-n-g and then lemon juice, and I am using a tea, one of my favorite teas from my absolute favorite place. Well, it used to be a place. Now it's just a shop in Nashville called High Garden Teas. They make delicious. We love you, High Garden. We love you. Oh. If we ever had a book club, it would be held at High Garden. High Garden, before the tornado hit, mm-hmm. was one of the most special places that I've ever been. It mm-hmm. is, was just this delightful like tea shop. They had a kombucha bar. You weren't allowed to have electronics. You yes. couldn't use your phone or your mm-hmm. you know computer in there. And it was just, it felt like you stepped into a whole other world when mm-hmm. you went in. Woods, everything was like wood. There were herbs and things hanging from the ceiling. The owners are the nicest humans they are put on – they make you feel like they were placed in your life to educate you mm-hmm. on how tea can bring you health or yeah. whatever goal you have. Ugh. She has a tea for you. She doesn't make you feel stupid. Mm-mm. She she and her husband. I mean, they yeah. everyone that worked there was always so, so kind and yes. – not preachy i mean they were just they're the best yeah mm-hmm. the best uh they you, still have garden. they still have a shop they do not have the um store anymore it was unfortunately destroyed in the tornado but you can buy their teas online highly suggest this is the einstein it's got mm-hmm. rosemary we all know like that's probably my favorite herb rosemary yeah. is just my jam it's got like peppermint some other herbs in it it just tastes to me kind of like minty and earthy and in this book the forest is alive it is teeming with this feeling of, I mean, there's creatures in it. The woods move. There's this living, breathing thing. So I really wanted to focus on that feeling of like a herbal, woodsy flavor. So that's the tea I went with. And then, yeah, so tea, vodka, hearing, cherry liqueur, little lemon juice. I think that's all. Shook it up. I did top it with a little bubbly water, which is what I call it, sparkling water. My children call it bubbly <laughs> water, and I'll never not call it bubbly water. <laughs> And I did learn something when I was looking into Hungarian, like drinks and cocktail culture. Mm-hmm. It, I hope this is true because I'm about to say it. And I did do enough research where you're like, I'm pretty sure this is right, but not enough that you feel 100% confident. It could just enough be something be I found. Dangerous. Yeah, it could be just be something mm-hmm. I found on the internet. It is offensive in Hungary to clink your glass during a toast. <gasps> so we are not going to clink our glasses during oh. this toast. It is supposedly linked to. There were some, there were 13 Hungarian revolutionaries who were martyred by a group of Austrian generals, and mm-hmm. they clinked their beers together while they were being executed. The revolutionaries were being executed, and so you do not clink your glasses in Hungary. Oh. 
Might be a little bit of, you know, folklore. Might be, I don't know. Can we um, raise our glasses? We'll raise our glasses. We won't okay. clink them. And cheers. Cheers. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, this is a very, and the, the flavors of the. I feel like the, whatever tea you chose. The tea is good. It's probably pretty important. Mm-hmm. I mean, this taste, it's so unique. I think it would be really good with a more like sprucey pine kind mm-hmm. of tea too. I think that would be really good. The flavors of the liquor that I wanted to use or liqueur, I never know which one to say, were the one I wanted to use was cherry. They have a sour cherry. They also have like an apricot, different fruits. And so I kind of wanted to go with that like cherry vibe mm-hmm. as well. That's the cherry liqueur in it. So enjoy. We don't, well, the woodsman. We'll call it the woodsman. Woodsman. The woodsman. I think we've been trying to do this or try to think of it before we start every episode, but mm-hmm. having, before we talk about something really disturbing, we normally say like, oh, trigger warning. Yeah. And we've been talking about trying to prepare to do that ahead yes. of time. So I did pull together some trigger warnings and some of them are very, I don't know, they hit a little close to the chest. Just the news mm-hmm. lately has been yeah, pretty same. awful, but anti-Semitism genocide and ethnic cleansing, mm-hmm. uh, child abuse, self-harm and self-injury, body horror, which mm-hmm. I that was described in a bunch of different lists. And I'm not sure what that is. If it's just like gore. I think. Body horror. That's what I always took it as. This one was especially troubling to me. And I didn't. So I've before I've said, I think my only trigger warning is dogs dying Mm -hmm. or animal torture i can now say that it's also eyeball trauma eyeball trauma is up there there's eyeball trauma Mm -hmm. that i didn't know that was a thing but when you actually list them out it sounds a lot Mm -hmm. scarier than i would have thought the book is yeah dismemberment torture and animal death yeah that last one yeah it was pretty brutal it was a brutal book um but and i didn't realize this so i also found a list of it was a blog that listed the representation in books that mm. she had read. And this one has a Jewish coded heroine. Mm-hmm. Wait, heroine? Am I pronouncing that right? Yeah, okay. a heroine. What does Jewish coded mean? I Like Jewish. She blooded. is not blatantly Jewish, but that oh. Yahuli culture is based in. Okay, so the, one of the people yeah. groups in the book is Yahuli. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know enough about anything to be talking. Just enough to be dangerous. <laughs> One second. Let's pause for one second. Yes. So the Yahuli are representation for the Jewish ethnicity. Okay. So I think that's what it means by Jewish coded. It's okay. not, she's not Jewish, but the characterization of Yahuli is based in Jewish culture. Okay. Ethnicity. But all right. So eyeball trauma. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Get into <laughs> it. So this, yes, this is based in Hungarian and Jewish folklore, which I I do love when a fantasy book is not just you are imagining everyone in British accents and medieval clothing. When it jumps into a different, you know, mm-hmm. culture, I always think that's really interesting. So there is oh, a... Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. a few others I've read that you're like, oh, this is outside of that norm, you know? Mm-hmm. So there is a pagan village, and Eva Kay in this village is the only woman who doesn't have a power bestowed on her by her their gods she's an outcast because of this and because of her what they would say is like her bloodline basically so her father was a yahuli man we talked about yahuli 
And her mother was taken by the woodsman, which we'll get into the woodsman in a second. But the woodsman took her mother when she was really young, and her father never came back around because he assumed both her, his daughter and her um, mother, baby his... mama. <laughs> yeah. They were not married, but his lover were you know killed or taken so he never came back he was not living in their village his pagan village is like deep in the forest he lives in the city and so yeah he just he would come like once a year basically and hang out with them but he never came back the woodsmen who took her mother are a holy order of men and every year they claim a pagan girl for the king's blood sacrifice and Do they know it's the blood sacrifice? I don't think in the beginning. In the beginning, okay. the, Eva Kay doesn't know why okay. they take the woodsman come and take yeah, the I don't. Girls. I feel like she doesn't know until the end. And pause on the name Eva Kay. Mm. So it is spelled E-V-I-K-E. I listened to the audiobook, and in my head, it was E-V-A space K-A-Y, which is a Southern <laughs> name. There's been a few names. What was the other book where I was like, this is such a Southern name? Was it the Southern Book Club? No, no, no. There was a book where we read recently in this season, and I said, that is a s- Southern name. Shoot. I'll think of it. You can okay. talk. So she is betrayed. <laughs> Eva K doesn't have magic. The woodsmen come to get a magical girl every year, and she is betrayed by her villagers. And given over to the woodsman because of her lack of power. So the woodsman think she is a seer who can predict the future. Her village of Kesi, I think I'm saying that correctly, cannot survive without its magic, without these magical girls. So when the village seer foresees that the woodsmen are going to take their seer, Catalan, Eva Kay is disguised and sent in Catalan's place. The seers are really special. Mm-hmm. And there aren't many left. Right. So, yeah. And they, so she's disguised. They send her in Catalan's place. The woodsmen don't realize it at first. That changes. She has been raised her entire life with the knowledge that the kingdom's capital views her and her loved ones as just like, awful and so she's not very jazzed about being taken away to Mm -hmm. the capital she doesn't know what's going to happen and pretty quickly they are they take them in the woods and this is where i love the part in the forest i don't even feel like you can call it woods it feels like a forest Mm -hmm. not a woods the forest is just teeming with creepiness and magic just Mm -hmm. monsters Monsters. and magic Mm -hmm. and there's all these woodsmen. They take her out into the forest on their way back to the capital and are just immediately attacked by a monster. She – jump in anytime if I'm getting this wrong because I feel like I'm going to be no. rambling on this one. No, There's so going. much. She – all that is left at this point is Eva Kay and the captain of the woodsmen whose name is Gaspar. Mm-hmm. And he seems like an odd fit among the other woodsmen just from some other things that have happened. You realize that he – not everyone seems to be on the same side. Mm-hmm. There is some disruption amongst the woodsmen. They mm-hmm. have allegiances to different people in power. And Eva Kay doesn't know anything about what they're talking about. But you can immediately tell that something is amiss. And also Gaspar is different. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that she first notices about Gaspar is he's missing an eye. Mm-hmm. Which in what she believes... Or what she knows about 
his religion, mm-hmm. which is, do we know what his religion is? They're or if it's, patricians. Patricians is if you give up a body part and people can give up a piece of a finger or a piece of a nose or a piece of an ear, yeah. that makes them more holy. Mm-hmm. And so because he's missing an eye, that means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So he must be a, a pretty important and pretty holy person. Oh, yeah. They worship the, I am not, the pronunciations are going to mm-hmm. be real great on this one. Prinkapatrios, right? That's oh, the name of their god, yes, yes, is the yes. pink Prinkapatrios. Mm-hmm. And it is a very he, flawless being, demands blood as justice and mercy. Really, really strict, not so lovely mm-hmm. god. And confusing actually yeah i understand i mean it could be just its followers are yeah we're confusing me yeah and there's a lot of power struggles within the city and Mm -hmm. and the religion and they learn so eva k does learn that the kingdom is failing at a war with a neighboring city or power Mm -hmm. and the kingdom blames the pagans for the bloodshed they think if they could rid their kingdom of these pagans that the war would end the Prinkopatrios would then be happy with them and they'd be fine oh that's right okay and the okay i'm off track now Prinkopatrios. so as they are as they are traveling to the capital they're going through regersag i think is how you say it mm-hmm. the forest there's so much going on dark magic crazy animals monsters (laughs) they come across different small villages you learn little bits and pieces more of what's going on with the clashes between like religion culture villages Mm -hmm. but yeah they're down to just gaspar and eva k at one point because of all the monsters and scary things in the forest she learns that he is not just a woodsman but that he is the only legitimate son of the king and the heir to the throne. However, he is also a product of a mixed marriage. So Gaspar's really not seen, even though he is the oldest heir to the throne, he is seen to have like pagan blood in him, right? His mm-hmm. mother was pagan. So he's been disgraced and was taken down to just being a woodsman. And his brother, Nandor, is the one who is going to be the king. Or is the most popular. Or is the most popular to become king. Mm-hmm. Nandor is batshit. Very mm-hmm. obsessed with power, very fanatical with his religion, but like charming to the people and those around him for sure. He wants to rid the kingdom of the pagans and the Yahuli who are the religious group that resembles Jewish people. And to basically to get to the top, he's like, I'm going to blame everything on these people to get to the top and to take over power. So there is a king. Their father is the king. But you just know the whole time, like, this man is on his last days. Like, this is not. He doesn't. He is not well. He's not well. Nandor wants his throne and is conniving. And it's, the war is not going well. So at as they go, or getting their way to the capital. Which takes for a freaking long time. Yeah. Forever. Most of this book is the, I'm 
feel mm-hmm. like I'm skipping over this. I keep pausing because I'm like, wait, what all happens when they're going? It's It takes so long mm-hmm. for them to get to the Capitol. Long enough for them to get a little lusty eyes for each mm-hmm. other. So there definitely is a slow burn in I don't even know if I would consider it a slow burn. There's no – the slow burn never amounts to – they oh, get it yeah. on. They bang. It culminates. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was looking at you like they it did. Does uh, no, you're right. You're it happens. Right. It takes so long. It takes so long. It oh takes so long for it to happen. It does. Okay. Because it happens after they are at the mm. capital. So they go to the capital. They like get to know each other. Gaspar's definitely like, oh, I don't know. Like I'm so torn between my religion and my faith, and I hate my father. My brother's an asshole, and like you're hot. I don't know what to do. Also, she's convinced that she is going to find her father in the Yuhuli mm-hmm. part of the capital. Because she has some, like, coin of his or something. I remember thinking, this is, girl, this is irrational that you think you're going to find this man. <laughs> like, irrational. But they get to the city, and Gaspar is, at this point, he's like, I'm not turning you in. He's not going to turn her in. Yeah. He's going to help her find her father. And he's trying to kill Nandor, or get rid of Nandor. He's got his own plans of, like, how to save the kingdom. They get to the capital. She somehow finds her father, who has been captured by Nandor. This is the first thing I was like, what? What? What are the captured? odds? Captured? I thought he was just Remember, living in... No, he was living in that, in the Yuhuli part of town. Uh-huh. But he had done something that pissed off Nandor. And it was, like, this crazy, like, patrician holiday, too. Oh. And... When she got there, she's, like, asking for her father and asking her father some money. It's like, oh, he got taken by Nandor because he did something. He was, like, selling goods on the, the like, holy holiday or whatever. And Oh, I remember. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she she meets her father and Nandor at the same time. And Nandor is as beautiful and charming and evil as she expected. Mm-hmm. She, of course, gets taken by Nandor because... I don't know what she was thinking. She spills that it's her dad at some point. Oh, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Do, and then they find out, they know she's the wolf girl is what they call them, right? They know the wolf she's girl, the wolf girl. And she knows she's not a seer. She doesn't have any power. power. But at this point, she has developed some power. She chopped off a finger? Yes. <laughs> she chopped off a finger to get some power. Wow, this is a very rambly. Um... <laughs> Okay, so we're, we're missing a lot because the story, so the wood scene is book, like so long. I didn't know what was going on. Really? Yeah, there were so many parts. Where I was like, wait, I don't understand because the names. There's so many characters, and the folklore itself was just so in depth that I feel like it. I got lost so many times. It didn't ruin the story for me, but it was a lot. It was um, a lot. And, but yes, she chops off her finger while her, I'm trying to remember what what part in the story she did this. And then what was her power? She had cut off her finger. She has this power to kill. I I really, it doesn't explain it explicitly. Mm -hmm. It it talks about a burning. It talks about leaving a mark Mm -hmm. on the people that she's done it to. And it, it does comment on her power being extremely powerful so Mm -hmm. i as a lazy reader i really wanted some clarification on so many things but 
the magicalness of the environment that Ava Reed created made up for it. Yeah. But yeah, so she has powers now, but no one knows. Like she hasn't, it's not a power that makes her hair turn white, like a Mm -mm. seer's power. So she's got this, she does have a power. Mm. And when she gets to, she's taken prisoner, she's put in a tower, they're going to do the thing they do to all wolf girls, which is rip her fingernails out and put them in a crown. Yeah, I would like another trigger warning called fingernail trauma. That disturbed the fuck out of me, Rach. I when the so the, she, but the first thing she notices when she walks into this town is how bad it smells mm-hmm. and what a crowded city it is and she meets the king and he has this crown I can't even imagine what kind what piece of trash this looks like on his head like how fingernails disgusting it's made of fingernails. like your fingernails yellow after they're not attached to your nail beds anymore the power that you would find in a fingernail crown, Ava Reed. Yeah, it's oh gross. no, honey. This so he made it. She, he's wearing this crown of fingernails, and he like kills the wolf girls to get part of their power to hopefully win this war. And I think mm-hmm. he he does have some powers like mm-hmm. that are from that. The it is not a popular choice amongst Nandor or a lot of his advisors mm-hmm. because instead of they all think you should just be killing all the Yuhui and the pagans, mm-hmm. co- ver- committing genocide to rid our kingdom of these pagans, and then we'll win the war because mm-hmm. God will be on our side. So they're not fans of it. She ends up demonstrating her power at the big like feast where they're supposed to kill her, and instead he's like, I'm going to keep you around if you serve me, and then you can help me win this war or something. Mm-hmm. She ends up escaping, right? Because they have they crack this plan. She and Gaspar crack this plan of like how they're going to save everything. I'm going to just we're going to breeze past a lot of this so we can get to the discussion. <laughs> but they crack this plan where they have to go get this the tarug. Uh huh. It's a bird. I a think. bird. God, like a form of god, like mm-hmm, just to kill it mm-hmm. and bring. If it they back. can catch it, they will. Did you understand this part? No. Why? Why it was important. It had the truth or a way to predict the truth. I was very confused. I I was following along, but almost like I was drugged. (laughs) Or like I was reading a book drunk when I was totally sober. I don't typically read drunk. Yeah. (laughs) It was like a haze and my understanding of what was happening was the haze. Yeah. I was following along the story and knowing it was moving forward, albeit slow, but I didn't understand all of the, I don't have world building. I think Ava Reed calls it nation building. Mm-hmm. She's nation building in that, can I read the quote? Yeah. Actually, she said, I've pitched this book as having, well, first let me say why she's writing this on Goodreads. It's as a comment. Since advanced reader copies of my book are beginning to enter the world, this was two years ago, and I'm henceforth banning myself from Goodreads, which is a space for readers and not authors, I thought it would be a good time to provide some grounding and content warnings for The Wolf and the Woodsman. I've pitched this book as having a magic system based on body horror, which I think is apt, and so naturally there is a lot of graphic on-the-page depictions of gore. I think it's fundamentally worth noting that this is a 
wait, I think it's also worth noting. This is a fundamental, that this is growing this up fundamentally a book about nation building, which I depict as a violent process that requires constant aggressive forms of propaganda, AKA fairy tales in order to maintain religious persecution, cultural genocide and ethnic cleansing are at the core of this book. My aim is obviously not endorsement, but rather a realistic representation of the oppression and marginalization experienced by ethno-religious minorities. I am anticipating that some will categorize this book as grimdark, though I'm ambivalent to that descriptor myself. Then she said, too long, didn't read. Gore and genocide abound. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's intense. It's it's a very intense and it is you're having to quickly develop. It's a standalone. Mm -hmm. You know, she's it's all in one story and you're having to keep up. I actually would like to go reread the last half of this book Mm -hmm. because I enjoyed it a lot. But I was trying to you and I both. If we don't know the ending, I'm going to rush through it. And toward the end, I'm just like, are they going to are they going to hook up? Okay, they hooked up. Are they going to win this war? Like, is it all going to come together? And it was honestly rushing through because I wanted to know what happened and it gets so deeply into the lore of multiple religions that you're mm-hmm. kind of having to keep track of it. And it was I felt like it was hard to get to the ending because I felt like there were so many different climaxes. Yeah, that's true too. And typically a book might have one, mm-hmm. does have one, maybe two. This was a lot. This one like, had a lot of like- a build up. To something and it happens and then builds up to another thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it wasn't, it was one of the longer books we've mm-hmm. read this time. And it definitely took me the longest to read. But I felt like that was because of that haze I was talking about. I yeah. was like, oh, am I in the place right now to read? And as I was reading, I didn't know if it was enjoyment or not. Like I, I was like trying to figure out what happened. But was it one of my favorite books I've ever read? Mm-hmm. Probably not. But then after I finished, I loved it. It, it was one of the most interesting books I've ever read. And I, it's not something that I read much of. And it, it was something that was hard to put down once I was like at mm-hmm. a part where I wanted to find out what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like we could get away with not telling the end, but I'm going to because mm-hmm. I want to discuss it. All this stuff happens. They go mm-hmm. back out into the woods and they have to find this – they go to the underworld. There's all this, like, underworld lore. And mm-hmm. anyway, she ends up – it culminates in this kind of, like, final battle scene where all the pagans come to attack Nandor and the, the kingdom, the capital. And and you think they're obviously going to win because yeah, they're all coming. They're all coming. And then all of a sudden, like, Nandor – dies like they get nandor mm-hmm. and it kind of to me anticlimactic mm-hmm. did you think that no totally did you hear that the fuck okay so nandor dies yes anticlimactically it i i went back and listened i was listening on audiobook and listened to the last few little bit because i was like oh it just that's it he died Am I missing anything? Mm-mm. Was there an epilogue or anything that I like didn't? Mm-mm. I'm gonna I felt the same way. Hang on. Because I invested a lot in this book. Okay, I do see an epilogue. Mm-hmm. 
you read this? Do you oh, listen to it or do you read I it? I listened. Oh. But I have it on here too. So it is in the last like few pages on on at least on the Libby app, it's the last like two three pages where Nandor is killed. And then that's that's basically it. She kisses Gaspar and they beat everything. And I just remember thinking all of the climaxes in the book and then this felt a little Mm-hmm. anticlimactic but i'm like you i finished it and still liked it i just yeah. think it wasn't the best in it wasn't my favorite ending mm-hmm. especially for it to be so long and involved Were it was you... uncomplicated just killing the bad guys an uncomplicated ending yeah yeah for it to be such a complicated book the other thing i felt to be unsettling and i maybe this says more about i'm interested to see what you think it says about me And maybe (laughs) you felt the same way. I was ecstatic when she found out she had power. Mm -hmm. It's like, fuck yeah, she's going to kick ass. Uh And she did. And then when she lost that power, I was heartbroken. Yeah. And I kept wanting her to get it back or like Nandor dies. She gets her power back. I wanted her to have that power so badly yeah and i was really bummed when she was a regular girl again and it could have been because you could tell in the way like she was you could tell it gave her confidence to have Mm -hmm. growing up and never having power and being treated like shit by everyone around her i mean she turned out great like she's a fierce yeah woman who was a great character but you just were rooting for her when she had power. And then when it was taken away, I was so mm-hmm. – I was just, like, disappointed for mm-hmm. her. I really – I wanted yeah. the story to end with her getting it back. I did, too. I did, too. Which we like a neat, you know, a mm-hmm. tie bow, make it feel nice mm-hmm. kind of ending. Yeah, I wanted her to have her power back for sure. It I'm, – I'm honestly torn about this book as we're talking about it. Even as we're talking about mm-hmm. it, I'm like, ah, oh, I do remember closing it and being like, they killed the bad guy? Mm-hmm. Feels like there was so much more I wanted to know. Yeah, how it, but the characters were so great. The story was even awesome. like I and Gaspar. I'm not sad I read it, and I'd read another book by this author for sure. This sure. is her debut novel. Was it really? Mm-hmm. I mean, what a hard book to write, and she yeah. did. You can tell that the folklore piece was so important. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was in. You were constantly, almost every turn in the story was brought back to mm-hmm. a piece of Yahuli folklore or something that Gaspar brought into yeah. it from and it was woven in and out really well uh-huh no she did for a really difficult yeah I've never heard the term nation building before until I had read that but what a difficult story to write yeah it must have taken forever kudos Mm-hmm. Ava Reed, I feel like we're sitting here criticizing your work and you're like, No, you we l- I like the like, book. I would recommend <laughs> it to people. No, totally. I I'm so glad I read it. We don't talk about anything before we talk about it here. But I remember thinking, like, how nuts is it that I am confused much of the time I'm reading it, but I pick it back up every night mm-hmm. because I'm ex- I wanna yeah. know what happens. I've just never read a book and had that same feeling. Mm-hmm. Like if I was confused about it, I have no shame about like 
do not finish. Yeah. I'm not going to waste my time here. And I didn't feel like that at all. No. So she has a second book called Juniper and Thorn. It is based in Odessa, so in Ukraine. And her maternal family originates from there. So I think that oh, would be an interesting, really? an interesting one to read. It looks so good. Mm-hmm. That's one that I think she just came out with it like a couple weeks ago. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Is it her second? I thought she had three out. Am I wrong? Is Juniper and Thorn the next book? Or like the last book that she I think it was the second one. Oh, I think okay. she might have a third. I'm not oh. 100% sure. But yeah, I, like you, went and read some interviews of hers. And there were a few that I thought were really – it made me like the book more, honestly, mm-hmm. reading the interviews. So when she was talking about being inspired for Wolf and the Woodsman, she said, most fantasy books take for granted the homogen – I cannot say that word. Homogeneity. Oh. <laughs> it's like – the ITY version of homogenous. I can't say it. Homogeneity? homogeneity. I can't not say that. I even practiced. I looked it up. I practiced for this. I cannot say that word. They take the granted that of their countries and that every character will feel an unconscious, unbending sense of patriotism for their homeland. I wanted to problematize that a bit. I wanted to show that creating the identity of a country is inherently violent process. It involves the exclusion. This is, I think this is what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the destruction of anything that doesn't fit the aspirational nation state. She is Jewish. And so she said throughout history, Jews have been subject to that to precisely that kind of exclusion and prejudicial treatment. And, of course, if you want to write a fantasy book with Jewish characters, you can't write about that sort of unconscious, unbending patriotism. How do you love a country that doesn't love you back? What are you willing to give up in order to belong? Those are the central questions of Wolf and the Woodsman. Ooh, okay. Speaking of, yes. It's so interesting. Yes. The relationship between Eva Kay and what was the town she was from? Is it Kessie? Kessie mm-hmm. is worth talking about. And I found a – there was a quote that I wanted to read. Okay. If it is a choice between drowning in the same river that has dragged me down a thousand times or walking into a pit of fire that has never burned me once, I will choose the flames and learn to bear it. Mm. And, I mean, she talks – so often about how shitty it was growing up yeah where she was without having any power being the only wolf girl without power and how people made fun of her and how mm-hmm. she was made to be their maiden and she was bullied and then also that's all she's ever known and wants to go back and wants to save the people that mm-hmm. it was it was so interesting to hear i mean her she openly struggles with it with Gaspar, yeah. however however open he is to, like, conversing with her about mm-hmm. it. I felt that was annoying, too. Like, Gaspar held a lot in until the very end. We, we've talked about this in another book. Just freaking say it and your life is better. People mm-hmm. holding things too close to their chest in books drives me. I mean, I think it's a normal thing that probably happens. But this one, life. it just did too long. Like, oh, my God, if you would just fucking tell her, y'all could figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That was super, super annoying. I I hated that you could tell that he had feelings for her, but he just, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't. Yeah. I, yeah, I thought a lot of the interviews with her were really interesting in what she was trying to achieve in mm-hmm. the writing of of this book, I think, was fascinating. and And even how Gaspar's struggling with, we grew up in the church and very yeah. strict religious 
settings in a lot of cases. And I think Gaspar's struggle of humanizing the wolf girl that they've been taking for so many years mm-hmm. and understanding that trying to find his place in all of it. And yeah. I thought that was really interesting and relatable, honestly. Like you meet someone, you meet the quote unquote enemy mm-hmm. and it unravels your... Or they're a person that yeah. isn't as awful as you thought yeah, they were. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that, that was an interesting... I, I think the character development in this is great. It is mm-hmm. so good. It's literally just the ending that let me down a little. I wouldn't even yeah. say it ruined it. It just let me down a little. I will say, so one, there's one part where I think it's the first time that Evike and Gaspar are, everyone else in their traveling party has been killed and they're just slowly making their way back to the capital for her to be sacrificed. I guess mm-hmm. they don't really know what's happening yet. But they see this naked, I I think it's a demon that looks like a naked woman. Mm -hmm. And they realize it's a monster too Mm -hmm. late. And she drips some of her blood on both of them. And somehow it ends up in their mouth. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm telling you how I was interpreting Mm -hmm. it. Like, now it's in their mouths. And it's sweet. Like, Yes, what is happening? I remember this. And then all of a sudden they're kissing and yeah. you realize <laughs> this is so, so embarrassing. I can't believe I'm saying this onto the internet wavelengths, but I was like, so jazzed. Like, finally, <laughs> it feels like I'd read half the book. <laughs> You're like, just waiting for I am not a horn dog and I am so excited <laughs> for this moment. And then it ends it like no no nothing happens like it didn't end yeah. like it ended like no no oh, that's funny yeah it's a slow 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 burn mm-hmm. such a slow burn so slow burn that i forgot that it ever happened happened <laughs> okay i do have some casting okay. that i have put together since i'm now in charge of casting i'm giving you a break yeah. um i feel like i'm not good at casting but I'm, this they is... don't all hit i feel I like know. you do a really good job at casting okay. So Eva K, you may have to look some of these names up. Okay. Poppy Drayton. Drayton. I said that very I Ooh, enunciated I love it very well. The name. Uh that Poppy. is who I pictured for Eva K. I don't even know if the description is totally right, but that's still who I pictured. She's in the Shannara Chronicles, I believe. Oh. No. Great. That's that's my Eva K. She looks great. Gaspar. I tried to find someone else. I did. But it's John Snow. It's Kit Harrington for me. Yep. Do it. He, oh, he's, the way he's so torn in, mm-hmm. you know, he's just always torn up and can't make, I don't know if I like you. Uh, yep. My loyalties. He's, it's Jon Snow. It's Love not it. even Kit Harrington. It's Jon Snow playing mm-hmm. Gaspar. Catalan, who we didn't talk about, but Catalan is, she's the actual seer in the village and she is Eva Kay's kind of enemy, but yes. she comes back into the story later on. Millie Alcock, so that is Rhaenyra, or the young Rhaenyra in House of Dragons. Only on episode three. There's only one Rhaenyra so oh, far. Gotta, <laughs> We're trying. And then the other casting I had for Nandor, I had two people. You brought up one, KJ Appa. Is it mm-hmm. Appa? Is that how you say his last name? Mm-hmm. I think Riverdale. so. And then Robert Kaczynski was the other one I had. And it's like half the pictures, I think, Robert Kaczynski. Oh. Half the time, and then half the time I don't think it's right. So I'm torn. KJ Appa just doesn't have blue eyes. That's the only thing. And his hair's not red for real. So then I'm like, well, then anyone could play it. But I was Mm -hmm. looking up guys with auburn hair. 
Ooh. There's certain there's a picture of Robert Kaczynski in like a not like armor mm-hmm. that is very right to me. How did you find this guy? I googled red hair actor. Mm-hmm. Y'all, because of this podcast, our our Google searches are questionable. Messed up. I use my work computer for it too. The amount of times it, we had a conversation for one casting where we were trying to discuss if the body type of someone was right. So then mm-hmm. I googled this actor shirtless, mm-hmm. and that's just what my search is now. Is looking up lots of. Hot blonde actor with no shirt. <laughs> I I actually think Robert Kaczynski. Well, I'm trying. So Nandor is younger than Gaspar. He's the younger. That's why it's a little. I never be. get the ages quite right. But I think yeah. you can tweak that. You uh, misunderstood the assignment. That's the casting I got. I think it would make a great. I think mm-hmm. the right sh- showrunners. It could be a really good series. Yeah, it could last forever. Can't believe this was a standalone. So much happened. But I she I did read in her interview, she said she wanted it. She really loves fairy tales, mm-hmm. and she wanted it to be like a standalone fairy tale vibe. I love that. Which I do love. Mm-hmm. And that is The Wolf and the Woodsman by Ava Reed. Ava Reed, I want to read your second book really bad. We this should get it. Like I feel like last work. week I ordered The Hunger. It was the other Alexis Henderson book. Oh, While we yeah. were podcasting, I ordered. Oh, I need to order that Her one. newest book. And I just ordered Juniper and Thorn. Just so being. often on the podcast, too, I've noticed we talk to authors like they're going to be listening. We're like, yo, Ava. <laughs> did you? Yo, Alexis, will you be our friend? We want to come visit you in Savannah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot we did say we that. We do that quite but often. But we do want to visit you. Alexis. Yeah, I want to be friends with some authors. I do like them all. for us. <laughs> we make crazy. We're fine. We won't We're be normal. weird about it. We're not weird at all. Mm-mm. All right. So you want to take us into next week's book? Yes. So next week we are going to take a break from maybe the spooky. It's the first thriller mm. we're going to have done this year or this season, I guess. Yeah. And it's called The Hunting Party by Lucy Foley. Ooh. She probably most famously wrote The Paris Apartment. Okay. I feel like that's her latest Excited. thriller. I think the last thriller we read was Emily Whitson's book. Yeah, I think so. We don't For read sure. many of those. So yeah, yeah, I'm excited about that. It's in set in the Scottish Highlands. In a <gasps> oh, cabin. extra excited. I haven't read mm-hmm. this yet, so it'll also be like a fresh read for me. Mm-hmm. Gonna binge it in a week. Yeah. This is the one I read. I was right after the very secret society of Yes. So it was just like reinforcing my English under monologue. All right. Well, I'm excited about this. We will be back next week with The Hunting Party. I hope you guys all had a wonderful Halloween and are looking forward to a delightful November of reading books with us. Can't wait. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Thank you. What did I say? (laughs) (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this week's podcast of The Book Report with Allie and Rach. You can find us on Instagram at Book Report Podcast. You can find us on TikTok at at Book Report Podcast. And if you want to write us an email, you can write us an email at thebookreportpod at gmail.com.